Since I faced my biggest fear, which was his death, there's a part of me that's just kind of like, okay, let's do this. Somebody says, hey, you want to go hike something? I'm like, sure. You want to go ice climbing? Sure. You want to go do this? Sure. Right? Because there's now a piece of me that's just kind of like, uh, again, I've lived my hardest day. Hmm. I've lived, I faced my biggest fear, which was the passing of my husband. What is up, our fellow Legacy Ninjas? Welcome to the next episode. Man, it is one of those unique things when you look at life and life is coming at you. Maybe you're getting punched in the face. Maybe you're having situations come up that you just don't understand. But when you take the time and you look at what has occurred, what lesson is there for you to extract to start shaping and creating your legacy? What is it for you that you're supposed to take with you and impact the lives of others? Even though during the time, that part of the journey doesn't make sense whatsoever. The power of life and what life gives us for tools and ways to learn and grow. Within this episode, Patrick and I had the pleasure of having a phenomenal and a strong and a powerful conversation with a good friend of ours, Daniel McCarthy. If you'd like to get to know her more, we have a couple different ways that you can reach out and connect with her. But Danielle's journey of losing her husband, almost dying, being told that she wasn't going to live, that she wasn't meant to live because of what she's gone through, and the experiences that she's had has led her to the point of being able to be a strong foundation in the lives of others to be there as a support system and show up and give the space to somebody else that's going through a similar situation because she understands. And it's a powerful thing when you think about that and you listen to her story. When I heard this, I could not believe that Daniel was standing. I couldn't believe Daniel was the person that she was, the person that would show up and be there for you because of what she experienced it. But that journey was meant to show up and allow her to impact the lives of others. It's not the easiest journey. Some parts are very difficult. Some that's not wanting to take place and not wanting to be there. But Daniel has embraced it and brought it forward. So after the episode, take a look at your journey. See what it is. What is it for you that's there for you to extract and share with somebody else? How are you supposed to impact the lives of somebody else because of the journey that you've been on? So other than that, our fellow Legacy Ninjas, enjoy that episode, and we'll catch you later. All right, what is up, our fellow community of Legacy Ninjas? We are in the presence and are here for another great conversation with a great friend of ours, Daniel McCarthy. Patrick right now is checking out his phone. So, but Danielle, you are a new legacy ninja. Uh, Okay. That's what the community that we've built is individuals within this legacy digging podcast that we have is the legacy ninjas. Uh, We look at it in regards, we're all sneaking around, plant those seeds. Sometimes we're not sneaking around. Sometimes we're like bulls in China shop, knocking everything over. So yeah, that way too. Uh, We've known Danielle. I've known Danielle now for, I think, Three, almost four years. Yeah. And then, Can you believe it? 
Wow, it's gone by fast. And that's why yeah. when you start looking, you're like, I don't remember how long. And then how long have you and uh, Danielle known each other? Probably. We've known of each other probably for about a year and a half. Yeah. I think we officially oh. met kind of last year. Yeah. Um, that's last year. Yeah. So. Via Zoom. Yeah. So when you look at everything that you're doing, Danielle, what does legacy mean to you? Legacy for me means that the impact that I've had continues to grow, whether I'm actually fostering it or not. But not only have I planted that seed, but that seed has now sprouted and bloomed and then has generated its own seeds. And it just kind of keeps filling out. So almost that ripple effect. And just to continue to do that, that it's this whatever that impact is. And my impact is always, and my intention is always to leave people better than when I found them. Right. So what that looks like is case in point earlier this week, I was eating at one of my favorite eateries, little diner over here, literally just across the street from where I live. And they got slammed. This is not a chain restaurant. This isn't, you know, whatever. They're a little mom and pop, but it's literally run by one woman. Mm. And She's running around and normally there's only about, I think there's spaces for like maybe 50 people in the restaurant. There's easily 75 because Mm -hmm. some of the bigger, bigger groups have come in. She's short staffed and yet she's running. I'm sitting at her counter because it's a diner and I'm watching this and she's like, she keeps turning and apologizing to me. And I said, why you are killing it. You are actually doing this and you're getting it done. Is it pretty? No. Is it messy? Yes. But here's the thing you're getting it done. And I sat in awe. And then when I went there this morning for lunch with a friend, she's like, I wanted to say the owner came up and she goes, I wanted to say, thank you. She goes, cause you left before I was able to say, thank you. She goes, you know, everybody was kind anyway. She goes, but you really just sitting there because I had nothing else to do. I was eating there by myself, working on some journaling and working on some uh, goals and, and planning for the week. And she goes, that was, imp- she goes, I just want to say, thank you. That meant a lot because sometimes we forget when you're in the fire and the, do I get to cuss on this one? Right. When you're in the middle of the shit show and you feel like you're failing desperately, cause you could tell she felt like she was failing desperately, but it didn't stop her. Right. And so it was one of those, like Brene Brown calls the arena moments and you're getting your ass kicked and you look around and who's still there supporting you. Mm. And that was what I wanted to do. Not ever expecting anything other than good job. Keep going. You got this. And I'm so glad that your little shop has, you know, is overflowing with tourists and locals, mainly um, a a nice balance of both. But then to hear that kind of come back and then as she was walking back in, she uh, back into the uh, part of the restaurant, she goes, that lady that was here Tuesday, she was telling her sister who was there on Tuesday, who had just stopped in to have a bite to eat and then got jumped in like any great sister would jumped in and started helping. She was like that lady that was sitting at the bar that was so nice to us and kept saying, you're doing a great job. She's in the back. And then so her sister walked back to me and said, you know, my sister really appreciated. And I really appreciated that you just kind of kept that piece going because that could have gone the other way, right? Very easily. So always having that intention to always just leave people better than when I find them. And sometimes in that shit show, people just need that validation Mm -hmm. that it's okay. And as a Mm -hmm. fellow business owner and you're falling 
consistently forward and failing forward and fast. Um, it's nice to hear sometimes that, you know, somebody is seeing your effort <laughs> yes. and giving you a kudos for it. Cause it's in the effort. It's not the outcome. Yes. hundred percent. You know, sometimes so that's, that's, that that's my legacy. That's what I want is that somebody in that middle of a shit show, I validated that they were trying and they were progressing and the effort was being, and that it was somebody who somebody noticed, mm. somebody noticed. So that's it. The other part of the legacy, I guess I would want is education, people to understand and never stop learning, regardless of what it is. Always be that courageous, curious, you know, inner five-year-old that constantly goes, why, why not? Well, how does this work? What if we do this? What if we do that? Well, why can't we do that? Still doing that. So first of all, thank you for your time today. We're so glad to have you here because you are Awesome. But I really want to set the tone before we get into your story, because your story is almost jaw dropping, unbelievable, crazy. Right. As in, and again, if you're listening mm-hmm. to this, uh, to this point, you're going to be like, what <laughs> can she drop on us? Right. Right. But before we get into that, just to kind of like set people up, can you give us a brief description in a couple of words uh, to describe Danielle's journey and then her as a person uh, for myself again, when don't be too specific because I don't want to give it away yeah but, but. I, I think for myself when really hearing the the story that Danielle has that journey that she's been on that has led her to where she's at now when I first met her after I heard the story I was like I don't know how Danielle is standing um, I don't know how she is showing up and as the person that she is with the storm that she went through. I, it's not a, a storm is a smaller sense here. I would say it's a hurricane, a class five hurricane, <laughs> the, the, that level that you went through. Um, and I know you have your podcast too. So I don't know on your podcast how in depth you've gone but I know, I think the podcast plays a little bit into the legacy piece that you're building because of that hurricane you went through. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody's interested in the podcast that you have, what is the, the show that you have? So the podcast is Coffees, Chicks and Cash, the podcast. And actually uh, here in a couple of weeks, it's going to be going through a relaunch. Uh, life kind of took me away from it, but has circled it back. And I actually have my first guest coming back on and it's kind of grown, even though I haven't necessarily played with it, it's kind of grown on its own, which has been really nice, but it's actually going to be going into a relaunch. And then we're also launching while well, I'm launching the live event. So there'll be a monthly coffees, chicks and cash, the live event. And so the podcast came out of, like you said, that huge storm that was in my life and that's the legacy I want to leave. And it's, this happened to me. So if I can prevent this from happening to another individual, even if it's just one, let alone a family or another widow or widower or anybody, then, then I've done my, I've done what I've put on the planet for Mm -hmm. right in this stage of my life. Um, I think each stage of my life has been here for very specific purposes. This is now one of, this is just the latest iteration of that. So do we want to just go ahead and jump right into my story? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we've, we've done a great job of building it up. And so, yeah, I mean, wherever you would like to start. 
Okay, perfect. Well, and to, and no, actually, I have not shared my story on my podcast. There's been pieces and parts of it, but not as a general whole. And that was something that was brought to my attention. And that will be definitely something within the relaunch that that is addressed somewhere, somehow. So people truly get an understanding of where I've come from and why I do what I do now. So very simply put, did allude to this. I am a widow. Um, I lost my husband on Father's Day, 2017. Actually, the date of death is the 17th. Father's Day was the 18th. But because of the events surrounding that, me finding him at two o'clock in the morning and what have you, time of death was given as the 17th. But we woke up on Father's Day mm. to that realization. Mm. So we kind of have a double ding. My family, my, my four sons and I kind of have that double ding. There will always be the anniversary of the death on the 17th, but then we also have the double whammy of it's Father's Day when they separate. Mm -hmm. So very simply six weeks of my life. And I'm going to backtrack a little bit before that. So I grew up, I married very young. I married at 18. My husband was 21 at the time. We were young. We were in the military. We were poor, like you name it. We had all the statistics and, you know, Everything was stacked against us and we made it through that. Um, I did the University of Mom, mastered hard knocks, PhD, military life, all before I was 25. Uh, and then from there, when actually did go back to school, went to college, my, and I'm the first person in my family. I'm the first generation college attendee and graduate. And then I went on to earn several, well, not several, but a couple master's degrees underneath that. So um, some graduate level degrees. And then went into my profession at the time, which was in the public education sector, totally loved it. And then my husband started showing signs and symptoms of his military career that were due to his injuries, as well as some exposure to some chemicals or whatever, but it kind of falls under that big auspice of Gulf War syndrome that we're still flushing out. Mm -hmm. And... I needed to come home. So I retired from my public education uh, profession and I started taking care of him, started a small business doing that, which was teaching families how to do what I was doing and helping them along that same way. So taking my life experiencing and turning it around in, into something positive. And that's kind of been a theme throughout my life. I've been a parent mentor for parents with special needs children since my son who is on the spectrum was a child and I still do that. So 20 some years later, I'm still in that same role. It's not as active, but it's still there. Anyway, so I opened that small business. Well, then 2017 happened and everything I knew about life was gone. So it started on May 1st. I ended up with needing a surgery. And it was supposed to be a very simple kind of 45 minute routine in, out, done. Eight hours later from that very simple surgery turned into an eight hour ordeal for me. And my body took, a it took its toll on my body, it came off the table, severely anemic, not doing so well. Two weeks later, I would be in full blown sepsis and not expected to make it through the night. My third son comes home from college to take care of me while I'm still taking care of my husband. And my 22 year old son at the time takes on the whole kit and caboodle. So I'm sepsis, I'm in the hospital with sepsis, really not expected to make it through the night. Obviously I survived. Fast forward two weeks, I'm re-hospitalized this time with blood clots in my lungs. Again, told 
not to, I was not expected to really honestly make it through the night just because of the sheer number and damage done to my lungs from the PE, um, from the, the, the blood clots. And additionally, if I did make it, I would be on oxygen the rest of my life and need supplemental oxygen. If you're hearing it, I'm not actually wearing oxygen. I still have it occasionally. It's still part of my life for very specific reasons and always at night, but kept going. I refused to accept what was being projected on me. Yes, medical out there, you know, and I will, you know, err on the side of caution, but at the same time, my brain couldn't wrap around that. So that was June fourth through the 10th, David died June 17th. So all of that, mm. needless to say, my, I had to close my business because I couldn't work it. And after losing my husband at 25 years, we'd been together for 27. You know, you everything I knew to be true about life was gone. Mm. It truly threw it in there. And if you've ever experienced profound grief, it is the most confusing scary, fearful, disorienting. I I barely remember anything about that first year. It feels like it was a dream. It feels like it wasn't real. And I have snippets of memories, but I don't have full cognitive, cognitive memories of it. So, and I was left financially devastated, even though we did everything right, according to all of the financial planners and advisors and experts out there, but I was still left financially devastated. So I have rebuilt financially from all of that devastation, not to include the medical bills and, 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 and I had an amazing tribe of people whom I didn't recognize at the time, but when you're in those stages of grief, you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Just you're, you're barely breathing. And I literally was barely breathing on top of it. So figuratively and literally, so, and then the other piece of the story that is out there, but I haven't really combined the two together. Like it's out there, but it's, I keep it as like part of my, perf- my personal life, not part of my professional life. But as we all know, those two always merge anyway. So here we go. And it's nothing new. It's not something I haven't shared before. So 2018 would open up with me in a much better place physically getting better. And then I would find out the beginning of February, 2018, that the funeral home that I used to cremate, cremate my husband did not actually uh, cremate him. In fact, I would find out from the FBI that my husband had been dismembered and sold Mm. and that the cremains that I have can't really be his because we, the FBI was able to track down the majority of David's body parts and that's a whole nother, like you, I didn't even know what to do with that. And then when I received a, and then received a, you know, as part of this ongoing investigation, my four sons were asked to give DNA evidence to correctly identify their dad's body parts. The FBI then, uh, then did inform me that they were able to track down the majority of David's body parts. Yes, I do know what body parts were retrieved and what we do have. And we're now, this is now 2021. This was a two year long investigation. And we are now at two years waiting for a trial to happen. Arrests were made, but we're now kind of at that two year point. And, you know, 
my husband's still not interred in a national cemetery as is his right as a veteran. So there's that daunting piece of that. And so you're, it's a huge story. And some days it's a huge story to tell. And, you know, this is still it. And I've had a lot of people and cause recently we just had some devastating news and that the trial has been delayed, continued, whatever you want to call it again for another six months. And it's devastating to hear because I don't have closure. My sons don't have closure. The uncertainty of when this is going to end, how is this going to end? And my husband being a disabled vet has the right and obligation and the, the, the government has the obligation to get this scene through so that he can be rightfully interred into a national cemetery and make good on the promise to, you know, a, a veteran. So mm. that story there. So that's also going to be part of the legacy in and of itself, right? It's not a part that I would like it to be a part of our legacy, but the sad reality is that it is. And so again, you have a choice in that moment of, okay, does this destroy me or can I build from this some way, somehow transmute that energy? And it's not to say I don't have those moments where I don't want I, that I kick, scream, yell, curse, you know, what have you rendered mute when I found out that the, the trial was, con- was continued uh, last the last two weeks or so. Yeah. There was a 24 hour period where I honestly could not talk, Mm. could not talk. It didn't matter what it was about. I just stunned, shocked, angry, hurt, disgusted, discouraged, you name it, all of those emotions and all the feels that I still can't even put into words. And then the next day, just the massive amount of tears, just a massive amount of tears, because at some point I want this to end, right? At some point I want him buried. And while I don't blame myself, there is a huge amount of guilt as part of this. There's never been any blame or shame from any family member or anybody else, because I think people just, it's so incredulous. You're like, are you kidding me? And just so we know, I'm not the only one affected by this. This investigation impacts about 800 families. There's only about 40, I think in the count, there's only about 40 victims named and Mm -hmm. my husband's initials are in there. And so, yeah, it's, that's part of my legacy. So part of my legacy is being a voice, being strong and Strong doesn't always feel strong. I think that's the misnomer there. Yes, yes. If I can interject yeah. um, real briefly here, I want to give the listeners an opportunity to kind of digest some of that, right? Because <laughs> um, what you've been through, one is it's heartbreaking for you and your family and you ha- you're forced to relive it every single day because you can't get the closure. Correct. But also, I mean, the story of you being able to sit here today with us and tell it and, you know, I mean, it doesn't change it the second, the third time I've heard this, you know, it, uh, my heart breaks for you guys every single time that I hear it. And so, you know, again, there's probably not a whole lot of listeners that can maybe directly relate. So if you wouldn't mind, and if it's okay, can you share with us? 
you know, what does that do and how much harder do you have to work at, you know, uh, building that legacy and, and all that with a mindset piece on a day to day, knowing that you still have to deal with this. So that's the rub. Being a widow in and of itself is a daily challenge, like every day getting back up and saying, you can do this. You've already lived through the hardest day, the worst day. Today's nothing. With that being said, yes, I've lived my best, my worst day. Hands down. Lived my worst day. But that worst day keeps repeating itself, Mm. whether we had this other part of the story or not with the whole, this whole other part of the story, just in and of itself being a widow. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that I keep going back to because it finally was able to at least articulate a very real piece for me. And then it gave me a sense of calm and peace. And the quote just simply states, no one ever told me grief feels a lot like fear. And there's a lot of times out there that, you know, we think we understand fear, right? When you're an entrepreneur, when you're putting yourself out there, driving a car and you almost get in the wreck or you are in the wreck, you know, all those different pieces of fear. Take all of what you know of fear, condense it into the most painful, scariest time of your life and the worst heartache pain that you can imagine. And you just start scratching the surface. Mm. You truly do start scratching the surface. And so that mindset is a constant for me anyway. And I've talked with other widows and it's there for them as well. Like I said, because it's one of the most disorienting, especially when it's out of the blue, when it's something you don't anticipate or even if you do see it coming, I've talked with widows who are on this journey who, you know, long time, their husband was, their husband's health was declining and they knew that that was coming. It's still not reality until it honestly happens. And there's times where that morning mindset, like I have to remind myself, I've already survived my hardest day. I truly did. I survived it. I got through it. I don't know how (laughs) I remember all I kept telling myself was I just have to breathe. I'm just breathing. That's Mm. all I have to figure out today. So overcoming that every single day is a real, and some days it's not, it's, I can get past it and I'm up and I'm good and I'm ready to go. And then there's other days, especially the last couple, the last two months, there's been so many, so much grief that has shifted as well as, you know, everything else that it's been difficult and I have to remember to give myself grace around that. And it's that reminding myself every morning that I woke up, that I wake up, I've already survived my hardest day. Today's not going to be that hard and keep going. Yes. And then when you, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, and then I was going to say, and then you add this other piece to it where there's not closure. There's the trauma that surrounds it because grief in and of itself is traumatic But now we add this other piece of trauma and the injustice of it and just the, just, it's so incredulous. Like 
who in the world thinks that <laughs> that you're going to be given that you know the FBI is going to call you out of the blue and say hey by the way that funeral home we raided it and can you tell us about your um, experience with them and oh by the way the cremains you have are most likely not his because we know where his body parts are and we're not talking like small pieces we're talking we're talking the entire body and so learning and just recently learned this year that what I thought was the anger I was carrying because of my grief and anger is a part of grief don't don't let's not play that down by any means and I wasn't angry at David for for dying and I wasn't angry at his death definitely angry with God because of the circumstances going to be real. But then I was finally able to finally separate because of a great organization that I reached out to and figuring out that this piece was my grief. This anger that I have is not my grief. It's the trauma and it's Mm. my response to this trauma. Mm. And so both of those take me down and I'm, I have days, like I said, rendered mute the one day trail of tears the next then the next day it was what i call a day of being not fit for human consumption because i was just stomping around slamming doors screaming cussing and you know having a, a temper tantrum for lack of a better term but again and then right back into that mute back into those tears and kind of just finally okay great what can i control I can always control my response to the situation. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> we talk about that all the time. Uh, I love the fact that you talked about giving yourself grace, I think, especially as entrepreneurs. And then the fear factor that you talked about, I think oftentimes people, there's different levels of kind of fear, right? There's kind of that, well, fear of myself, fear that I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing, all those things. Then there's that next level of like, well, I have to overcome this fear. I have to get through it. And it's kind of the fear of taking that leap and that building that trust. And then there's just that high level of fear where it's like fearful, truthfully that, you know, you, this literally is the thing that changes your life. This is the thing that makes or breaks you. This is, you know, other people don't survive this. And so seeing and through your journey to hear the different levels of all of those different things um is really incredible so thank you for pointing those things and i think that uh, our listeners are going to take away very big points from those uh, aspects i guess one of the things that as i look at you know your story and your situation first of all you know that scott and i we think the world of you, you're just a badass right i tell you that all the time every time i see you you're just like every time i hear you speak and when you're doing things and the way you make others feel around you i'm like she's a superhero oh thank you absolutely so as you look forward to hopefully you know being able to close this out here mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you think will alleviate what do what are some of the things that you think that will happen further your sons and you know and, and what does that also then play into to continue with not only living but also building that legacy so once this trial occurs a plea deal whatever at this point you know whatever happens my goal my eye on the prize is to have my husband properly cremated and mm. interred and put into the national uh, into a national cemetery here in colorado Ultimately, I think it'll show my sons. I'm hoping that for my sons, they see 
a mom who didn't give up that despite everything that was thrown at her and that could have and on other and and should have I think on some level and I'm not a big shooter by any means stopped me it didn't right yes and that one day that they turn around and say my mom's a badass um <laughs> right now they're not in that world they're they're in their 20s and they're like yeah it's just mom it's just mom right I mean they do have a healthy respect and that and there is a healthy respect there is a great love you know no doubt and they know at two o'clock in the morning when shit hits the fan for them they know mom's got their backs mm-hmm. on certain things they also know that I'm not bailing people out. I just, no, <laughs> you made those choices, have that, have that fancy consequence to go with it. But so for my, for my sons, I want them to speak of me with the same adoration that they speak of their father right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, and one of my sons is almost there and I do sense it. I have it from my other sons too. And that, you know, they just call me to say, I'm having a crappy day and I just want to verbally vomit on you. Here you go. Blah. <laughs> and mom says, right, but you're doing good. Keep going. Right. But eventually I would, I would love to have that. And then maybe that's my little ego talking that same adoration that they speak very highly and very respectfully and very admirably of their father. I'd like that same thing too. And I know it's there. I just need to be patient and wait. As far as my entrepreneurship journey, at this point, it's funny because since my husband's death, since I faced my biggest fear, which was his death, there's a part of me that's just kind of like, okay, let's do this. Somebody says, hey, you want to go hike something? I'm like, sure. You want to go ice climbing? Sure. You want to go do this? Sure. Right? Because there's now a piece of me that's just kind of like, again, I've lived my hardest day. Mm-hmm. I've lived, I faced my biggest fear, which was the passing of my husband. And I think I did it with some grace. I'm hoping I've done it with some grace and extending yourself grace. And that's one of my core values is grace. So being able to extend that to others in order to be able to extend that to others, I have to be able to extend it to myself first. Yes. And then it goes out from there. And so um, that's one of my greatest superpowers is that piece of grace so yeah, my legacy, as far as the FBI investigation and the outcome from this, I want, I want some laws changed at the federal and state level. The reason this was allowed to happen in the state here in Colorado is because there were no laws. Mm. Um, mm. At the federal level, there's really no laws. In fact, when I've talked to very specific to congressmen and some other people, they're like, well, there's laws. And I'm like, technically, there's really not. Mm. there's not we hear like abuse of a corpse and that type of thing that law doesn't necessarily cover this so i want that changed i don't want another family ever to experience this again and the legacy as a whole as an entrepreneur with the podcast is again just to leave people better than when i found them or when they happened across my podcast. I hope they get something out of it. It's meant to be educational. It's meant to be entertaining. It's meant to empower women. Sorry, guys, I purposely chose a specific niche. But (laughs) here's the other piece, though, I do have I do encourage men to listen to the podcast, because men and women think and feel differently when it comes to financial matters. They really, truly do. There is a difference between 
how a male thinks about money and how a woman thinks about money mm-hmm. and our risk tolerance, all of those pieces. And with women controlling 83% of purchasing power in the United States, and this was back in like 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, right. We're now 10 years later, 11 years later, that hasn't changed the financial industry. And I am in the financial industry and license still is mainly primarily male. Mm. And yet purchasing power, (laughs) retirement, and the greatest amount of wealth is going to end up in women's hands. And yet women, no one's talking to them. No one's educating them. No one's empowering them. So again, it's just like when I became a parent mentor to take, to help parents understand how to, you know, understand and advocate for a child with special needs. This is just the latest iteration of that. This is me. What didn't I know when my husband died that left me in such a state? And now Hmm. I'm like, there's a whole world that was not given to me that I was not there and didn't know. So that's just a literate the latest iteration of me learning and sharing what I've learned. Which answers the next segment anyways, is how you're living out your, your legacy. It's very powerful to see this, to hear this, because mm-hmm. we've had individuals that come across and it's there's things that have happened, but they're still it hasn't clicked for them in regards to what legacy that they have that they're starting to build, Mm -hmm. but they haven't seen it. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's not them being open to accept it. They're still wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's unique because you're the third female that we've had on as a guest and the you sparkle and Christina all very powerful women and it's it's a unique thing when i look at it with the circle that we're developing and the people that we're coming across how Mm -hmm. it's finding very strong female counterparts that bring something different to the game Mm -hmm. which i'm I'm grateful for no patrick's a big advocate with helping out in that space Mm -hmm. for female entrepreneurs with women in general helping them overcome. And I think with Patrick's background and whatnot, that's where it comes into play with his drive and his passion of just what he's gone through with his journey. It's a beautiful thing. So I, man, I don't know. This is just a unique thing when you start looking at it, how this all combines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my biggest thing, since we already know how you're living out your legacy is have you taken the time really just to kind of envision what this looks like for you after you're gone and you're not here anymore? What does this legacy garden that you're building and constructing, what does that look like? Wow. So the irony is I'm still in a part with my grief that I, I, I don't have a vision yet. And that's very common for widows that sometimes it's hard for us to envision life just for us in general, like what the future holds. And so I'm in the process of learning what I don't want. And I can very clearly tell you what I don't want. 
Um, I'm just now getting into that realm of what I can see and what I would like to see. And it's interesting because when I went back and I looked at my goals for 2018, 2019, and even for 2020, I hit most of those goals. In fact, I hit them all, maybe not the way I anticipated, but I did hit them. And I, there were very, very broad, very general goals. I didn't have any very specifics to them because I couldn't get to that point, which I now know is very common in grief and only being four years out. I'm still in early grief. I'm not in that earliest fog and and what have you, but I'm still in early grief. So um, I'm just now getting to a point where I can actually put some robust visions together that have some greater detail that have some very real outcomes that I, that I can pinpoint. And the goals have always been measurable, right? Cause we are, we all know smart goals and visions and habits, and you have to kind of get specific on those. Most of mine have been really internal drives and now to be kind of putting out there, Oh, this is the type of floor I would like to have in a house. I don't have a vision for the house yet, but I definitely have a vision for the floor. And so it's interesting putting those pieces together So my, so trying to get that vision together, I'm still learning that piece right now. For me, that's still a learning thing. And so I'm struggling through this question because I'm kind of like, ooh, I have been struggling through this question for quite a while. And so it's really something that I do need to sit down personally, you know, explore through emotion, through spirit, through whatever, and then see how that translates out. And then really, cause I've always kind of had, this is what I want for my business. This is what I want for my business. This is what I want for the individuals who come into my business, who are referrals for my business, who those things, but now to kind of mesh those two together is where I'm kind of coming into my journey and my path right now. So I don't have a qu- answer for that one. ish. <laughs> And that's okay. You know, I but think that was that, an answer. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. perfect because there are a lot of people, a lot of listeners, uh, a lot of other fellow legacy ninjas who also may be on that realm too. Right. And it's the hardest work that we'll, we will ever do is basically discovering ourselves. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's going to change. Dreams are going to change the way that we experience and feel about things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to not have the answers, but I guess I am surprised. Have Uh, a direction. (laughs) Yes. I'm just surprised because uh, I've never, I don't think ever seen you stumped uh, to a point (laughs) where you didn't have the answer. Because I I look at you as a great resource for oftentimes for for Scott and for us as well. That is true. (laughs) Um, But it's okay. You know, we all go through and we all have to go at our own pace and and we're not always going to have the answers. Still a badass. So Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. (laughs) Well, and I think that's true too, because, and it's interesting because that you brought that question up because that's actually a question I've kind of been wrestling with. Like I've seen it and been feeling it. And because then it kind of came through with the continuance of this court case. I'm like, this can't stop me. This can't shut me down. I've got to figure out how to live with this Mm. and still achieve and keep moving forward through whatever that looks like. So you're catching me in a great learning curve again. Right. Um, and it kind of comes back to my word this year was trust. And when the word appeared, 
Mm, let me ask you, <laughs> let me tell you how well I responded to that. I think that kind of said it all right there, right? Um, that snarl growl thing. And I, you know, I kind of pushed it away and I was like, no, this is not the word. And then my brain was like, yeah, but if you don't embrace this, then the trials and tribulations and lessons to learn this mm. are going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. And not in a great, fantastic way, <laughs> truly in the, in, in, in the spirit of that word of fantastic. And this is going to be huge. This is going to be whatever. And what I'm finding is I've got exponential growth in the business community and in my business, I'm also finding that same exponential growth into my roots. And so I have this very real vision of a tree that constantly pops up. And so, and I kind of go equal parts. I'm out and I can see, and I'm above ground looking around and going, yep, this is, wow, this just happened. And some amazing things have come up for my podcast, for my business, some new opportunities, some new partnerships and referrals. And then at the same time, the other part of this is very real is digging down into myself, figuring out how to still carry this burden of this FBI DOJ case, keep moving forward. What does this mean? Who am I? And there's part of me that's still developing who I am post David's death. And what does that look like and allowing myself that space to do so. And it's difficult at best because I don't see that piece, but I know I'm living it and I'm doing it and I'm achieving it. And I have some great people in my life who remind me of that when I decide to carry a big stick of I'm failing and I'm not getting to where I want to be. They remind me I'm a badass or you have come so far. And again, they extend me the grace that sometimes I forget to give myself. Mm -hmm. So, and we, there's going to be times when we don't have the answer for everything. And trust me as a know-it-all, um, (laughs) it's driving me nuts that I don't have, (laughs) but but there again, that's the quest, isn't it? That's the quest. That's the legacy. That's the quest to leave a legacy, right? It's the hero's journey and it's everybody's journey. I love that you say that. I have a poem that basically talks about how the thought is that maybe we're just creatures, right? Creatures of habit. And then it goes in to talk about that. What if we're all just kind of lost looking for empty, right? And Mm -hmm. then it goes into basically talks about how we're maybe we're just entropies of ourselves and that this whole search has always been to find who we are. Mm. And so <laughs> I love that you talk about that that's the journey, right? Because so many times we're often looking, comparing to others who have what we think great things, great lives, etc. But what happens if there is nothing to continue to search for, mm-hmm. right? And that's when we start failing, we start mm-hmm. dying, right? Um, right? So I love that you said that. I love your story again it never gets old obviously you know that uh, we value you as a as a resource as a person as a human being now that you're relaunching the podcast i already have uh, a handful of women that i think would be fantastic guests for you uh so i will definitely be in connection with that for you as you know now being a part of the legacy ninjas Mm -hmm. for any of the other ninjas that are out there listening who is your ideal guest to have on your podcast? My ideal guest is any woman who is kicking ass at life. 
truly. I I don't, you know, originally the podcast was, um, and it's always been women who are doing amazing things. And that amazing thing doesn't have to be that you're the CEO or have your own business. You can be a stay-at-home mom who's kicking it. Because I was that stay-at-home mom who was kicking ass, being a great stay-at-home mom. And if I, I really want the podcast to be a showcase, a platform, not actually for me, but for amazing women who are doing amazing things and mm. sharing their stories. <laughs> There's also a financial component to it. Let's not, let's not, that, that's my biggest intent with it right there is that financial component. But also relating our money stories, how we show up with money, how money shows up for us. So there's always a financial education piece, but it truly is just meant to be a platform to highlight women doing amazing things, sharing their story, sharing what has worked, what hasn't worked, what they wish would have worked, what they wish would work and building each other up. There's also a component of bringing in books because I'm a voracious reader and bringing books that empower women ideally again sorry guys and i'm not going to apologize for it absolutely (laughs) is by women to empower women there Mm -hmm. is a real component to that and so there's always if you're listening to one of the full the full length episodes you hear that it's pretty much a woman sharing her story i just ask questions like you guys have done here and then i do a financial education piece we do a book piece we're out and it's not meant to be this big big overdone production. It's raw, it's vulnerable, it's courageous, it's authentic. And you'll hear dogs barking, you'll hear traffic, you hear this. (laughs) I'm not a tech person, don't ever plan on being a tech person. (laughs) But I wanted it to be that raw entity piece. So the, the perfect guest is a woman who is kicking ass at life. And it doesn't have to be again, a big, huge thing. It can be something as simple as a great rock star hairstylist, a great stay-at-home mom, a CEO, and everybody in between. I think one of my favorite episodes was, her name is Jen Arnold, and Mm -hmm. the title of her post or her podcast, uh, the title for that episode is My First Big Girl Job. (laughs) And she came on and talked about how being a young 20-something you know, and this is her first big girl job. This wasn't, you know, fast food place. This wasn't a coffee shop. This wasn't something. This was, I'm an adult. I interviewed, I got the adult perceived adult job. And this is how I'm showing up in it. And this is what I'm feeling and all the other financial pieces. So I love that piece of that for that's probably one of my favorite, favorite episodes. And Jen's well, awesome too. So yeah, and uh, what we'll do too is we'll in the show notes, like we've done everything else. We actually have learned. I've learned how to hyperlink things. So when people <laughs> go to the show notes, they can actually click on the different things that will take them directly to the I, uh, yep. item wherever it's at. And yep. so we'll link the podcast. Perfect. And then I know you got Facebook, so are the uh, Facebook's probably the biggest one. And then you want me to link your email so people will have that avenue. Yeah, and there's a website now too. Okay. There's a Coffee's Chicks and Cash the podcast. I don't think it's dot. It is dot com, but I think you have to put WordPress in there too. I don't know. It's this is how non techie Danielle is. The platform I'm on for the podcast said, "Hey, you can do a web page through WordPress." 
I clicked a few buttons. Don't exactly know which buttons I clicked. It worked. It's done. I <laughs> awesome. Uh, same with the YouTube channel, but an email, a great email is uh, D A McCarthy. So my initials D A M C C A R T H Y F R at gmail.com and find me that way. I'm on LinkedIn, alignable Instagram, but it's not as coffees, chicks and cash. It says damn, damn McCarthy. And uh, Facebook, of course, and soon to be the live event in the Colorado Springs metro area coming to you from local coffee shops, because why not, again, highlight a, major, a massive, amazing local coffee shop doing amazing things in my community and giving back to my community and giving them a platform to say, hey, come try them out. Awesome. Love it. So the next two sections are respectively kind of our favorite sections. Um, So (laughs) my favorite section is the thankfulness piece. Mm. And so this, um, what we found and we've actually included into a lot of our training has really been to absorb the power of thankfulness. And so again, it could be something that they may or may not see this, or if there's just a generality or something that maybe you haven't had a chance to maybe publicly acknowledge that you're thankful for. And again, this can be a plethora of people. This could be maybe a single individual. This could be a, uh, in a single event, any of those things. But what we found and what people are finding is that the power of gratitude uh, is a mindset change, allows people to go from having bad days to just bad situations. It also turns around and gives you an opportunity to relive those moments so it also helps with follow-up and all kinds of different things so as you think about maybe some of those things is there anything or anyone or, or any uh, event that you're thankful for so gratitude is actually one of my core values as well so if you ever find me on facebook you'll see my core values are listed right underneath my profile page it says grace gratitude and love hmm. gratitude definitely has been a game changer it was a game changer 20 years ago so first shout out is always going to be to my husband. My husband was the first person who taught me to love myself and more importantly than taught me how to like myself. And those Mm. are two very distinct things, right? So being able to see that, and then he fostered me being able to do and become the person I am today. So shout out to him always. Then my kiddos, all four of them have been gifted to me to teach me lessons And they very simply come down to Mr. Michael taught me that overwhelming love that a mom has for children that is absolutely indescribable. My second son, Sam, taught me acceptance of things I can't control and I just have to accept. My third son, Zach, has taught me patience, still continues to (laughs) be patience. In fact, my son, all these, all these lessons are still things that my kids definitely are still teaching me. Mm. And my youngest son taught me joy. He was our surprise. I mean, they were all surprises, but Moose was definitely, and he's going to hate that I just said that Joshua, um, but he's known as Moose to his mama, taught me joy, absolutely unabounding joy and to always look for joy. So, and then third is going to be out to you guys, to my community, to my tribe that has now adopted me into a family, into a family that's not blood, but definitely Scott, Patrick, the vast majority of people I've met in the Colorado Springs business community, a lot of them have just truly adopted me and support me in ways that I don't think they understand that they do. 
and the encouragement that I've received from them in regards to the situation with my husband, just where I've come along on my journey and then gratitude just for the life that I have, right? There's a lot of pieces that I'm not grateful for. And I wish would have happened in so many different ways. Mm. I'm not grateful for my husband's death. That's not ever going to be a thing. And I'm sure as hell not grateful for this whole fucked up situation with the DOJ, FBI, Sunset Mesa funeral home fiasco. I am grateful in the strength and resilience that it has shown me I have. I'm grateful for the people that it's brought forth in my life. And you really, truly want to find that gratitude. So how do I get over? So I'm going to loop back real quick with that mindset piece of like, how do I keep going every single morning, especially when I have to overcome that whole piece? It's always in gratitude. I go back to, I was gifted 25 years with an amazing man and I couldn't ask more for that. And I've been left with four legacies of his who are (laughs) spitting images of him have mannerisms and voice timber like his gratitude's always been something there, but it's definitely a piece that even in my toughest times, sitting back into gratitude, even if it's just for the puppy who just laid their, their nose on my arm, I'm grateful for that. So, and it's not that everything's road easy. I'm also even grateful for the challenging times as much as I dislike them and don't like them. Then again, like I said, I'm not grateful for my husband's death. I'm not grateful for this whole fucked up situation with that piece. Maybe one of these days there will be, I don't know. So that's what I got to say on that. Thank you. (laughs) It's all right. It's a, it's a, it's a huge thing to see and hear these different pieces from everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a powerful thing because it can help. I think for anybody that's listening, one thing for any of the ninjas that are listening is taking the time and sitting down. And when you hear this piece, if you don't know, or if it doesn't resonate, take the time and sit down because gratitude is a very powerful Mm -hmm. emotion and energy piece out there that you may be missing out on. So this is one of those Mm -hmm. things that I highly, during this time, maybe grab a piece of paper and start writing it down as you're listening to this and see if anything shakes loose that you haven't thought about. It's interesting because there was a post that we did for IG today, and it was talking about what happens if you miss your goal, and then what takes place? What are you missing out? Because a lot of people are focused on that destination. It's like, what's the small things? What growth came out of it, which is overlooked, and a small thing that a lot of people overlook And what lessons are you learning from that that you can take forward? Because because you missed this goal, maybe it's setting you up to get ready with the lessons that you learned going to that next big goal that you didn't realize you had until Mm -hmm. you missed this goal. So it's Mm -hmm. unique how how things we do and it just lines up with people that we talk to and whatnot. So Mm -hmm. grateful, appreciative of all that. So... As Patrick likes to hint with this one, I've shared it with you before. It's pod deck. Yep. yep. And uh, it's a wonderful piece because it's questions <laughs> that sometimes get left off the table. And uh, shout out Travis uh-huh. Brown. So the first one that I came across and I had to start laughing. This is uh, from the icebreaker deck. So what are you, <laughs> what are you avoiding doing because it's hard or scary? 
Oh, fuck my life. Really? <laughs> so sorry for people who know me. Like, this is just a really raw day, apparently. Um, I think there's been like three F-bombs. This is amazing. So what am I afraid of doing that I haven't been doing? Yeah, that's a typical, that's a hard question to some extent, because not much scares me anymore. What am I not doing that I'm afraid of doing? Honestly, it, it's accepting the, the success that I have and acknowledging just how influential I have become hmm. because I hear it. I hear it all the time from from you, from Patrick, from all these other people. And yet at night at two o'clock in the morning, when I'm having one of my freakouts, um, which is a very real thing of, you know, life's not moving and progressing as fast. And here's the trauma from this mess. Here's this. And then the grief hits. And so two o'clock in the morning and I are best friends. It's an amazing time of day for me. <laughs> I, I, that acceptance that I have become that. So that's what I'm afraid of. And just simply because it, it really like me, like y'all think highly of me really. Cause this is still hashtag hot mess express most days. <laughs> and y'all think this is great. Well, thank you so much for loving the lunacy that this is. So that's probably my biggest fear right now. Mm. <laughs> I love <Right>? this. <laughs> and there's a couple pieces like there's a couple pieces with my business where I need to make some phone calls and I I don't know what's holding me back yet and it's interesting that it's I'm like why why are you not making these phone calls and then I do make the phone calls and then I'm kind of like well that wasn't that hard and it's so there's still that little component of fear but I have to believe that right now the universe doesn't want me going that way because mm -hmm. other opportunities have presented, even though I'm like, no, this is what we should be doing. The universe goes, no, we're going this way. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, so I'm following the energy as opposed to what I think should be doing. So, but yeah, that's my fear is that <laughs> accepting of that. I'm as influential as I, as other people tell me that I am. I love it. Uh, twice, <laughs> twice, Danielle's been stumped. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. Welcome to Danielle's on a learning curve, and apparently a big learning curve. <laughs> That's why I laughed when this came up. I was like, "Yep, here's another one." So I think <laughs> for what am I avoiding right now? Honestly, I think the the biggest thing is when it comes to editing the different episodes, the different podcasts. Mm -hmm. Really, I wait to the last minute to, to do everything. <laughs> Um, because the episode that just dropped yesterday, pretty much all the editing took place last night um, nice. and got released at 1120 last night. So <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I did this even when I was uh, going to college, everything yep. would be to last minute. Yep. I don't know Procrastinators why. Procrastinators unite. We'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. You know the saying about procrastination. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've shared this. <laughs> I don't think so. What is it? Procrastination is like masturbation. It's fun until you find out you're only fucking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Not wrong. There's so many things not wrong with that visual at all. Love it. Um, but here's another way to think. But here's another thing. And because I'm a, I'm I'm finding myself in a in a huge world of procrastination. And again, it's kind of that acceptance piece and whatever. But then I also know usually when I'm in these situations, I'm being prepared for exponential growth again. Mm. And it's doing the work here, but procrastination usually shows up as perfectionism. Something mm. is, you know, 
I, it, it's perfectionism and pro- procrastination are pretty much the same coin. They're just different sides. Hmm. So yeah, no, I'm with you because there's a couple of things where I'm like, mm, I'll just wait till I do that a little bit later. And then I'm like, crap, <laughs> I didn't get this done, get this done, this done. And I didn't, and I was literally walking into a situation the other day and I was like, and you didn't prepare for this. So you're just going to have to, yep. Mm-hmm, great. This is going to go absolutely wonderful. You know, and I'm kind of beating myself up with a little bit of sarcasm. And then I just said, okay, you know what? It's going to go the way it needs to go. Obviously this, you know, is happening for a reason. And then I walked in and I'm glad I didn't prepare because it would have gone a different way. Cause I would have been in a different mindset versus this mindset mm-hmm. and allowing it to take place. So not all procrastination is horrible, but yeah, I'm definitely in one of those areas of massive procrastination right now. And I'm kind of like, so what am I avoiding again? And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think for me, I think it's turning around and going back to being hungry again. Mm-hmm. I did a solid job of building one entity, right? Mm-hmm. Again, the workflow, the income, the recognition, yep. right? All of those things that I spent a lot of time trying to build that and, and I've accomplished it and I'm enjoying Mm-hmm. That I'm also enjoying the abundance and the ability to help out more. And, you know, but I know that I have to kick myself back down to the bottom to mm-hmm. start all over again, especially mm-hmm. to really dive in right with this entity. And in some ways, I know that I now have all the resources. I know I know how the right people in place. But part of me is like, it's kind of like that person who thinks that they're going to leap off the building and then they grab the side right before they jump mm-hmm. and climb and pull themselves back up. And I keep doing that. Right. And so I have to really allow myself to fall back down completely mm-hmm. and realize that I can always go back to the top of the building. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? So you've that's kind of, yes. yeah, you've already done it once. It's okay for me to be a learner in this aspect. Yes. Oh yeah. No. Cause that's why I started the martial arts class. Cause you know, being the know-it-all put me in martial arts and I'm like, my hand's supposed to do what? <laughs> so my brain says one thing, the hand does something. I'm like, that is not, that, that is not, that is not what we just said to do. And so there is something very humbling and very gratifying and very, because it puts you out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah, yes. And I know for me being in the martial arts club, in this art martial arts class, <laughs> Like I made the next rank and I went, are you guys serious? Like, did you see that? Cause mm, I don't think that was passing, but again, I have a tendency to be harder on myself than mm. the world around me. So no, I totally understand that. So yeah, that's why I did that to remind myself there's, a, there, and you'll find some of the most successful people consistently do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love it. So this one comes from the WTF deck. Oh, no. <laughs> oh so what the future? Yes. yes. What the future? Hashtag what the future? WTF? What the future? Let's do this one. This is my, if, this is my card. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Hmm. Oh. Which would be the rudest? Oh, you know what? That's that's intriguing. Well, not a dog because those are they they just totally. They're just totally in it to li- you know, love <laughs> and loyalty. Like that's all dogs are great. Probably a cat. I'm not necessarily a cat person. I've owned some cats and I think they've been great, but there's definitely, 
they are judgmental in their looks. Like there's just no, there's no loves. There's no Fs given. Like, do you know what I'm saying? But I also think, I don't know, birds to some extent too, because they kind of sit, you know, high up, like, of like, you know, check out this one over here. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's such a weird question. Why are, and why do we, why do animals have to be rude? <laughs> well, I mean, this I is think, my next one. I feel, I feel like cats are pretentious. Right? <laughs> Thank you. And, and, yes. uh, you know, they're very independent. Uh, so yes. I, I kind of agree with you. My second thought was birds too, right? Because they just fly around. They don't care. Like they actually, it almost feels like they get pissed off at you when you ruin them. Like when you right. have to make them move. Um, right. This is other, what I'm saying. The other thing that I always thought of pigs, right? Like everybody like loves teacup pigs or whatever, but when no, you get the to Vietnam the, pot belly pigs yet, no. Yeah. But when you get to the big ones and stuff like that, like they literally have zero cares in the world. So you can't tell somebody like that what to do if they're rolling around in the mud and yeah. sitting there eating every and everything, you know, like there's no way you can tell them anything. So I feel like <laughs> that they would be super rude. Uh, we have snack, hashtag snack, snack bacon. There we go. I think for me, uh, and it's, it goes back to the video, the voiceover on it is the honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just because of that voiceover. Right. But I, I think it, you, if you came across and the honey badger could talk, natives are very confident because there's a lot that t- has to occur to take them out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a confidence thing, but I just think about that voiceover. But really, what came to mind was cats, <laughs> and I think everybody's gonna answer cats on that one. Almost everybody, so. yeah. yeah. So fun fact: I can't remember exactly what animal, but it's part of a badger family type thing. But what makes them so vicious is that they have these razor sharp claws, right? And I forget what animal it is, but if you approach it, you know what their defense mechanism is. To slice off your balls. <laughs> I promise that's their defense mechanism. So they have these razor sharp claws and they're going after your nutsack. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. No. It, honey badgers definitely, I think, uh, fit this category 100%. I don't think I've ever heard that after, you know, volunteering at a zoo. So now I'm going to have to go like figure out what animal this yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's in that category. Like a mongoose? Like, like, no, it's I'm like, it's like, like a it's like, lost. Uh, I don't know, whatever's in there with honey badgers and wolverines. I, I forget. There's yeah, no, it's, I'm tracking yeah. with you. Yeah. Probably a wolverine for all we know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's insane though. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never messing with nature ever. Okay. <laughs> Exactly. The last one we have comes from Would You Rather. These are just some off the wall ones. Here. Oh gosh. <laughs> Would you rather wear shackles or a straight jacket for 48 hours? Hmm. Oh, straight jacket. Lunacy right here. We're good. Put me in a big bear hug for myself. We're good. I'm good. Shackles for sure. Well, it depends on how the shackles are because if they're just on my feet and my ankles, like are we talking? So are we going like the constraints of the straight deck where you got no arms? So are the shackles your wrists and your ankles? Because if they're just ankle shackles, I'm going ankle shackles all day. It's okay. At least I got freedom of my arms. Right. I kind of rely on Facebook for a lot of different things. <laughs> uh, I rely on my phone for a lot of stuff. So if you're going to take away the ability for me to like have to use my nose or my toes for, for that stuff, I mean, I'll get it done. Trust me. <laughs> But I don't want to. <laughs> so what would have been better had it been straight jacket or the uh, old wood socks? 
Where it was your head and your arms? Oh, 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 yeah. No, see, because when I think of shackles, I'm like, you're, you're, I think medieval dungeon, like you Spanish Inquisition, like you're shackled here and your ankles are shackled and you're up against the cold wall, dank, dank, dark area, right? Spanish Inquisition type thing. Yeah. Monty Python comes to mind yeah. where I'm kind of like straight jacket, which means then I'm in a rubber room and I get to hug myself and I just get to lay there. I'm good. I hug myself, <laughs> lay there. We're good. You know, padded walls would not be a bad thing because I just run up and like throw myself against it, see if I could bounce back up. Until you throw your shoulder out of right. place. I know. Then, I know. Right. Yeah, but, then, but then I could try and Houdini my way out for the next 46 <laughs> hours, 47 hours. So this is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So... Danielle, truly grateful for you giving us your time and sharing the legacy piece for yourself, what you're digging and what you're building and how you're truly living it and showing up. That's amazing. And so, well, like I said, we'll we'll link everything in the show notes. Perfect. Um, That way people can, if they want to reach out or go check it out. If you are a regular listener, you start becoming a regular listener of the podcast for Danielle. We highly ask as podcasters ourselves, if you're an audience member of Daniel's, give her a rate and a review, especially on Apple. Share that because that's something that can give that feedback. Or if you have the ability to reach out and there's an email to reach out to her and share what really stuck out, what really resonated, or maybe what's the difference of your opinion than what was shared. Share that because it helps us out with the expansion of our community, with having that connection piece and building it because as content creators, we want to hear back from our community. So as a legacy ninja, if you're listening to this, let us know, let us know your opinion. Let us know what you're thinking. You can go to our pod page, which we'll link it up in the show notes. Go on there. There's an option to leave a voicemail and that may be something that we play in the future episodes and talk to our guests about especially if you have an idea of how you're building your legacy and whatnot. So thank you guys for listening. Danielle, thank you for your time. We appreciate you. And uh, oh, thank you for just, having um, me on. Yeah. I mean, if, if any of those podcast uh, pod deck questions resonated with you, please give us uh, your responses mm-hmm. and we'd love to be able to go back and review those and read those next week. All right. Catch you guys later.